Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Now that song reminds me of Goodfellas. Welcome everybody, Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you, 135 in Edmonton. It is the best pizza in the city, still making a great royal pizza, multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Uh, they have a vegetarian, uh, which is what our next guest would have. Uh, I, on the other hand, am a... Uh, Big fan of the meat lovers, uh, the Texan, or the Mediterranean chicken. But without further ado, we are joined on the line by Montreal-based media personality, Edmonton sporting icon, the former heavyweight champion of the NHL, and a man who loves to talk hockey. We welcome back to the show, George LaRock. Hello, George. How are you? Awesome, Bob. How's everything on your side? Well, you know, the fans are a little bit down today, and they're like, uh-oh, here we go again. And, uh, you know, last time I checked, George, it was a best of seven, not a best for one. That said, there were some concerning things last night that have been brought up during the course of the show. Uh, I know you watched the game. What was your assessment on what we saw last night, Edmonton and Winnipeg? Well, you know, Winnipeg, they won. Uh, they have to do better than what they did at the end of the season. And he knew that there was a lot of pride in this uh, in this uh, dressing room that they were going to come out strong. I look at the hits; they all hit the others uh, because that's how you have to play the others. You have to hit them, and they were able to get in McDavid's head. You know, when you see McDavid in scuffle like this, you know that they got him because you don't like. That's what the others don't want, right? But the only way you could slow him down is by getting in his face all the time. And clearly, that was their plan, and that's what they did. And you know, it, I, I, I was worried, too, after I saw this game, because I was like, Dubois and Ehlers are not there. Yeah. If we can take advantage of that, like, what are we going to do? So I, I'm going to, in my mind, when the game was done, I was like, okay, maybe because the others had, had success against the Jets and Connor was able to light it up, that it's a team that they did so good against, that I was like, you know what? It's okay. They, uh, they, they cut their lesson. Maybe they took him lightly because those two guys weren't playing and they thought it was going to be easy. Now, the pressure obviously is on Edmonton and they have to win the next game. Edmonton cannot afford to lose next game. They have to tie it up and I think that they will. So, I don't think it's time to panic yet because of this one game because, you know, you know sometimes things happen. But now that the pressure is on them, I think that... Uh, they're going to rev it up, and they're going to be back in the series. You, you brought up a great point. We've not discussed that incident. Pionk uh, got a bit of a cheap hit on McDavid about 20 seconds before that melee occurred at the end of the period, and Connor was upset and went back at him. And Pionk uh, got a heavy piece of Connor George in the uh, first game between Edmonton and Winnipeg that was played here in Edmonton. I think it was the third match of the season between the two teams. He belted McDavid, and he belted... Um, uh, dry saddle. He's he's a hard competitive player. Josh Archibald, when when Pionk was playing for the Rangers and Josh Archibald was with uh, Arizona, Josh Archibald grabbed Pionk one game and laid an epic beatdown on him. Like it was it was like you know 
you fight and run. Like, I'm serious about this. Like, it was like 15, 18 punches to one. And Pionk didn't know what was. And Josh Archibald spent the next couple of games going after Pionk. And I, I actually thought that tilted a little bit of the effectiveness of Josh of uh, Neil Pionk. And you saw the hit that Josh Archibald got in as well on Dylan DeMello. And that's what guys, now Archibald's been hitting all years. He's been an effective third-line player. Do you think Edmonton needed to bring some more physicality and make things a little bit more difficult for Winnipeg, George? Well, you remember, that's not the other's game to do that. The other's game is, you look at the skill, the speed that they have. So I don't think it's a team that is geared up to play that way. Uh, if you look at their top, like the top two lines, the skill that are on that, uh, you know, I think that the physical game is going to give advantage to the Jets. The Jets has to play this way, and they're getting into the Oilers' head. If the Oilers trying to play like them and just hit them, I don't think that's their game, Bob. And I think they're going to finish second in it. The Oilers is their speed and it's relentless and the scoring, the ability, that agility that they have. So it's just that. And they just have to, they can't lose focus about the physical play of the Jets. But to be honest with you, I just don't think that the Oilers have the team to match the physicality of the Jets. But the Jets do not have the speed that the Oilers have and stuff. So okay. that's why I think that the Oilers, and also it's a net. In net, sure. our is, is, you know, yeah, you know, the winner, winner. Uh, this season, 915 safe percentage. You didn't finish season well. But, you know, in the best of seven, we know that in that bad advantage. You know, we'd be lying if we say that Smith is better sure. than Alba. But, you know, the rest of the staff, you have the best player in the world. Find ways to give him room. Find ways to give him room so he could skate and stuff. Because, and, and you know, it, it's what? It's the first time since when? Since over a month that both McDavid and Drysaddle were, were like... Uh, Hell off a score, like yeah. Yeah, so that's why I don't think that's going to happen twice. And I think that these guys, because remember, Connor is like, he had a dream year this, this time. It was unreal, his season. But the one thing that I love what he's saying is that whether we're talking about the record that he's having and the, and the milestone that he's doing, he's always saying that, you know what, when it was compared to Crosby, he's like, well, there's one thing you have that don't, and he wants cup. He wants that because he knows he needs it. And so that the one hardware that he has to get before he retires so then he goes in the Hall of Fame. And I think that after what happened last year, the next game, I, I'm going to look for him and Dreisaitl to turn it up another notch and, and, and be really focused because the pressure is also on them. Because you don't want every year to have a dream season and winning all the hardware without going right. far in the playoff. You know, because what is that going to do? If, again, they lose in the first round and he gets all the trophies in the award, and then next year's the same thing, at the end of the day, you know, if you ask Marcel Dion, a great player that never won the cup, but won, you know, so many points and so many, at the end of the day, you're, not, you're going to be remembered for cups, championship that you brought to your team. That's all, and, and it's not his fault that he's not surrounded well, but the one thing that I do know is that he's good enough alone to beat the Jets because I don't think the Jets compared to some of the other team like like uh, Vegas or Colorado like that are well surrounded and stuff it's it's not the same especially with the guys that are hurt but I think that you'll find another notch to bring the to bring this team by the Jets even though they lost the first game. Well it's interesting you mentioned Marcel Dion because as you know George Guy Lafleur was my favorite player of all time. Marcel Dion 
had 400 more career points. Now he played 200 more career games than Guy Lafleur, but he had 400. Yeah. He had 400 more career points than Guy Lafleur in his NHL Whoa. career. But we still think Guy Lafleur went number one. Dion went number two in the '71 draft. Nobody considers Marcel Dion to be the best player of the back half of the 1970s. Everybody would say Guy Lafleur was. And Ben Guy Lafleur yeah. played on a team that had 11 Hall of Fame players and, yeah. you know, one of the greatest dynasties of all time in hockey. George, uh, in hockey, especially today, anybody can beat anybody. And did we see that firsthand when you guys beat Detroit back in 06? Because you guys did have you guys did have depth in your lineup, you had commitment, and oh by the way, your goalie was better than their goalie in that series. Because Detroit finished it, like Edmonton finished a little bit ahead of Winnipeg this year. Detroit finished miles ahead of you guys. So did we see that? Hey, upsets happen all the time, even in best of sevens. Well, you know, uh, when you look at Detroit, man, they must have took us so lightly. They had like what. 30 points ahead of us. I don't know how many. It was so much. It was crazy. Like, when you look at that and stuff, I think even for us, when you're looking at that, we knew it was going to be tough. But, again, the one thing that we had that Detroit didn't, didn't like is the physical play. The physical play that we brought in, that's, that's, that was the DNA of our team. That's how we were built. And playoff hockey with physical play against skilled guys, you, they don't become so skilled anymore. And that's why, like, if you look at teams, like, sometimes you say these teams are built for playoffs, not for regular season. Because you can't play 82 games, uh, a physical style like this, all the time. But if you have big guys and stuff, and, and sometimes with big guys, it's tougher along season, but the best of seven, they get the advantage. That's why when you look at teams like the Jets, that's what they want to do. The others, their skill and their speed, that's, that's all they, they cruise by, like, all the teams and then obviously in our division to finish second. And I'm pretty sure if the others didn't have such a bad start of the season, you know, they'd be battling and maybe even finish first. But again, the identity that you had in regular season changes when you go to the playoff. And that's why, like, uh, even though the skill guys, maybe some of the guys should do something that they're not just used to it, finishing check. Like, because every time you do, every time you hit, what happens is that, you tie it up the other team, the other team B, and then, you know, when it's a long series, it gives you an advantage and stuff. And, and right now, uh, again, the way and, – and, and I'm saying, again, that the others, did, like, didn't want it and stuff, but I just think that the Jets, the way that they played when those two guys that weren't playing was Dubois and Ehlers, they stepped it up for them. They, they, they wanted to show uh, the others that they weren't going to be easy to beat, even though those two guys are not there because – you give more responsibility to other guys and you try to show that uh, these guys are not there. We're going to hold up until you guys come back. But it's just that a team, when you do that, you could do that for a couple of games, but not for too long. So that's why I think that the others really have to take advantage of that. You know, and maybe doing something that they're not used to it, all finishing their check. And, and then that way, you know, maybe they'll be able to physically like tie them up a bit. And because with speed, the others clearly have the advantage, even though there's a lot of skills also in the Jets lineup. George, we only got about a minute and a half here before we go to break. Uh, we got to take about a three minute break here. Very quickly, what's going to ha- Does Montreal have a chance against Toronto? None, none, not at all. Like, I think they do. Weber's in the third third defense because he's hurt in his tummy. He's probably going to need surgery. He has a cast under his glove. 
and he's playing with Merrill. Nobody understands why Merrill's playing instead of Romanov. Romanov is faster and more physical. People don't understand. Eric Stahl being a ghost since he's been there, no one's understand why Stahl is playing against Kakenemi. Because, yeah, Kakenemi has been struggling, but Stahl uh, has, has not been playing at all. So if you, uh, people don't understand why Caulfield is not playing also. And there's so many things, uh, interrogation point with, with Price that hasn't played. And because of concussion, now he's back in it. Dano, that had a concussion, now he's back. There's so many if, if, if that with Toronto winning for Montreal, I, I, uh, to be honest, Bob, I don't think Montreal has a chance. I think I'll be nice to Montreal. I'll say it's going to end in six. And what's going to be ironic about handing in, in in six, Toronto in six, is game six in Montreal, they're going to be able to have 2,500 fans in the stands. They'll be witness their team getting eliminated. What's your what's your take on that? What, what, who you, who's your pick on that series? I took Toronto in six, George. George, we got to run to break here. There's been a couple developments just on the news front. Thanks for joining us, okay? Thank you. Thanks, bro. All right. Uh, we'll take a quick time out. You're listening to Oilers Now. Hi, this is Mike Smith from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, 150 in Edmonton. More coming up here. 2 o'clock, Rob Breckenridge Show. 3 o'clock uh, with Jalen uh, Nye. 6.30 Chit Afternoons. Updates, obviously, on the half hour. Uh, this from CNN. Israeli cabinet has agreed to a Gaza ceasefire. According to source with knowledge of uh, cabinet discussions, obviously, a very contentious issue uh, that's currently affecting uh, a lot of uh, concern around the world. So again, uh, CNN reporting Israeli cabinet has agreed to a Gaza ceasefire. That uh, is one of the storylines, along with uh, updated uh, situations specific to Alberta on the uh, pandemic. The Edmonton Oilers, meanwhile, uh, we will tell you that Dave Tippett has spoken. Reed Wilkins will have some of these comments coming up tonight on Inside Sports from 6 until 8 p.m. But Dave Tippett has confirmed that Mike Smith and Ethan Bear maintenance days they are expected to be back in the lineup tomorrow when edmonton plays winnipeg in game number two of this oilers jet series into this day in Oilers history brought to you by new west travel dennis and jason laliberti and here's brendan escott yeah 1987 yari curry scores 650 into overtime in game two of the stanley cup final the oilers beat the flyers 3-2 at northlands jumping out to a 2-0 series lead curry gretzky paul coffee all had multi-point games while grant fear turned aside 32 of 34 shots i was in blue river that's where I watched that game, Blue River, BC. I remember it. <laughs> Sitting in the bar watching it with Peter Gomerud, who used to own a company by the name of Suga Reforestation. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Um, yeah, we got a lot coming on. I mentioned uh, Reed tonight from 6 to 8. What else does he got shaking, uh, uh, Brendan, at this time set up for tonight's show? You'll actually hear from Bruins uh, color radio color analyst and former Oilers defenseman Bob Beers and former soccer coach of Edmonton's uh, Gloria Monda, who is... Uh, finalist for the 2021 men's uh, Mac Herman trophy that goes to the top U.S. college soccer player so is this another Alfonso Davies type talent we're conjuring up an Edmontonian quite possibly you'll hear from his coach Marco uh, Bazio and then Kiss and Country morning show host Matt DeBurs who I'm pretty sure is doing something like uh, putting an article of clothing on for every Oilers win or goal so they better hurry up 
All right. Well, because it's about Matt. Uh, let's uh, tell you tomorrow we got a little bit different show coming down the pipe. I referenced uh, sort of surprising goal scorers. We talked about the two guys that sniped for the Jets yesterday. I know Jack, Cam, and myself, uh, we didn't think the Tucker Pullman or Dominic Toninato would play. They both scored. Uh, they both beat goaltenders in the game. The only two goals that beat Mike Smith. Cam Connor scored a goal like that in overtime for the Canadians against the Maple Leafs. He later played with the Edmonton Oilers. Oh, by the way, he was Rowdy Rowdy Piper's best friend. He is going to join us on tomorrow's show, along with a couple headliners. For NHL Hockey and Rogers for the River Cree Resort and Casino, Elliot Friedman. And making his first appearance on Oilers now in about three years, Frank Saravelli will join us on tomorrow's edition of Oilers Now. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Again, uh, we've got, uh, is, are we going right to Jalen at 2 o'clock today, or are we going to Breckenridge at 2 and then Jalen at 3? Uh, Brendan? I have not been told anything outside the norms. So. All right, all right, because I know we switched the norm this week. So there you have it. Uh, we'll be back at it uh, tomorrow. Look forward to it. Have a wonderful Thursday, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.